0: Looking for a good book or need tips on writing your own book? Need help with publishing, self-publishing or more information on audiobooks? Welcome to Authors & More, all your writing needs under one roof. Welcome to the show. And my guest today, she's won 31 national awards with the Queen Venita Educational Series. She holds a PhD in curriculum and instruction, a master's and clear credential in modern to severe disabilities, and a bachelor's in human development. Gracious, welcome Dawn Menge. Oh, thank you for having
1: me. Now is that up to date, Dawn? Is it 31 National Awards? <laughs> No, I actually, over. um, since I'm a teacher, I had Christmas break off and I counted everything, wrote it all down, and it's up to 70. 70 awards, that's phenomenal,
0: incredible, congratulations to you. Well, first of all, Happy New Year. It's the first
1: time we've spoken in a while, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's been a while and I've done a lot of new things since we talked. (laughs) So for our listeners, tell us who you are, what you do and where you're from. I live in the mountains in Southern California. I live in the town I actually grew up in. It's a small mountain community. And I actually teach students with severe cognitive delays. I've been doing that for probably 25 years as an assistant and a teacher. And I also write an educational series based on my actual adventures. And I include my family, my friends and my students.
0: Amazing. And you've actually got quite a large family, I believe, haven't you?
1: Oh, well, I have three grown children. They're all married and I have six grandchildren now. I have a little brother and he has four kids and my mom lives just a mile from me. So we do a lot of family things. So
0: let's talk about your Queen Venita series, because I know you featured two on my Bedtime Stories podcast, which was just yes. brilliant. So tell us all about Queen Vanita, where the idea came from and tell us all about your books. Well,
1: it actually started... Um, I was taking a math class for my credential and the the assignment was to write a math book and a math game. So I actually wrote the very first book I wrote was called Queen Victoria's Visitors and it was named after one of my students. So it's based on calendar schools. So every month is a new friend and a new month and then they have seven activities. So I actually had my students in here and we would take it, we used it as a little skit and we went around to the elementary schools And we did a little skit, and then the next day, I would go back and explain the disabilities, their behaviors, and things like that. So it was an educational tool for my students and the other students, and then I decided that I wanted to publish it. So when I did that, I named it after my grandmother. Her name is Vernita, was Vernita, she's passed away, and she um, founded an actual credit union with her father. They went door to door and got the members and founded it. And so she ran the credit union. So she was an astute businesswoman. She was a world traveler. And so I named it after her. And everybody in my book was the children in our family. This is my brother's daughter. And oh, because so I for, thought, yeah,
0: for our, for our, obviously our listeners, they can't see the book. So it's, it oh. features some of your family members and it's educational
1: as well. Isn't it? That's brilliant. Oh, yes. Yes, it teaches days of the weeks, months of the years and seasons. And so I immediately won first place in the EV Awards, which was it's a publisher out of Colorado. And I was getting interviews and people were asking me, well, what's your next book? What are you going to do? And, you know, I wasn't going to write another book. I was just publishing. I didn't think about marketing it or anything. I was just publishing it, you know, because teachers love to do that. And so it's kind of taken off and I'm right now I'm publishing, I believe my 13th book wow. and working on my 14th. So that's incredible, isn't it? And what are they about? The one we're we're going through editings right now and it's called Queen Vernita's, Queen Vernita visits the land of little rain. And it's actually based in Tucson, Arizona at this beautiful bed and breakfast. And we learned it's high. It's probably going to be at least sixth grade. And I have a co-author and it talks about Diwali and Day of the Dead and monsoons and um, lots of desert information. And it's it's going to be, I think, one of the best ones.
0: Well, they're all pretty brilliant, I would say. <laughs> so, and what's great is they're kind of based on your experiences with
1: your family members as well, aren't they? Some of the places that you've been to. Yeah, well, they're all based on my adventures. I don't write about anything that I haven't done. So if I have something in my book, I make sure that I at least try it. If you go on my Facebook and you go on each album, I have an album for each book and it has the actual pictures of our trips. So like the one that I did just um, right before Christmas with you, it's called Queen, Queen Vernita's Magical Christmas Train Ride. I love that. I was going to bring that up about the Polar Express. I love it. (laughs) Well, we actually went from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon on a train. And there was 19 mm. of us and it was over Thanksgiving and it actually was snowing when we went there. And so we did that. And then when we came back, we put our pajamas on and then we got on the Polar Express. And so that book is pre-K to first grade and it's uh, it's got Santa Claus in it and the Polar Express. And we actually went, <clears throat> excuse me, to a Santa's workshop and my grandchildren made little bears and so that's in the book too. So everything's based on things we've actually done.
0: It, it's brilliant. And I think I've recently read on your social media pages, um, uh, was it a trip to um, the Grand Canyon or was that part of research for this book? Because was it, I think it was during COVID actually, and it wasn't
1: open, but you managed to cycle along the top. Is that right? Oh yeah, that was, that's something my family did Um when we were all on you know lockdown is we actually went camping about once a month my kids would set it up and we went to the grand canyon and there were a lot of things that were closed um but we were able to you know like some of my children and my grandchildren rode bicycles along the rim some of us went on a hike and then others you know it was actually really warm um when we went it was in october and but we had a great time, we were at a KOA, which is kind of um, a private campground we have here. And we went uh, riding on go-karts and we went swimming in the pool. And that was hard at first because that's when you had to sign up. You couldn't just go to the pool, you had to sign up and your family only got like an hour or a half an hour or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at first that was really hard you know, to do. And then when we actually went and did it, it was really nice because we were the only ones in the pool. And so we did that. We went to Zion National Park and went um, camping and we went to the sequoias, which is the the big trees. We did a lot of stuff and it was really nice because there wasn't very many people around. I really liked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, the trouble is with the pandemic, we've kind of got used to our old little uh, bubble, haven't we? And we're getting yes. quite used to that now. We think, oh my gosh, another human being! How
1: dare they? It's quite bizarre, <laughs> where did all it? these people come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where? How dare like, they, they need to go home them. now. <laughs> yes. I just over Christmas break, we went there. We have a little Dutch town here, and I went with my daughter and her family. And there was a waterfall, and so it's you know we went over New Year's, and so not thinking there would be people there, you know. So we went hiking up to the waterfall. And there was so many people you could hardly walk. And it's like, where did the people come from? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. It's amazing. <laughs> isn't the difference now that we're kind of the world's been opening up again. And it is, it's just very bizarre. So <laughs> let's go back then Dawn to what would you say was one of your favorite experiences that you've written about in your book, which is that which book has the most kind of reaction when you talk about it to your, to your students?
1: You know, it's, I don't really have a favorite because they're all based on my actual adventures. So they're all just, I mean, what I like to talk about is I went to New Orleans for my birthday one year and we went into the bayou and we went, we got this, we were on a jet boat. There was about nine of us, I believe. And it was thundering and lightning and we had to stop underneath a huge moss tree So we didn't get, you know, electrocuted. And so when it stopped, he stopped on top of this, just, it was just like a mound of grass and he gets out and he's starting to make this, this noise. Right. And was like, what is he doing? And all of a sudden we see these huge eyes coming up out of the water and there was all these alligators. (gasps) And so he starts feeding them and he's just standing out on the grass, you know, and they got, they were probably within five feet of us. And then he comes over and he just hands me this baby alligator and I'm holding this baby and it was it was really neat and I was petting his stomach. And when I um, posted the picture, somebody said, Well, you know, they bite, right? (laughs) And I was gonna say, was it not nipping you? No, he he was perfectly happy and it was fine, but at the time I didn't really think about him biting me, you know, and then we went on a bigger barge another time, and then that little alligator, they had they actually like taped his mouth closed so that he couldn't bite. Aww. So, But you know, I've just done so many, you know just amazing things because I like to try new things. And one time I used to do contests. So if anybody says nobody wins, that's not true. I would win <laughs> like every day I'd go to the mailbox and I'd get something new. But I won a trip to Oahu in Hawaii. Oh, wow. So that's when I only had one grandchild. So I we took all my kids and I took my mom and I wanted to go swimming in a shark cage. So admire you. That is something I definitely wouldn't want to do. I've seen the film. <laughs> I've seen yours. No. Well, you're in a cage. So but, um, so we did. We went out there and at the, when we went in, I went in first with the boys in my family and so my older daughter was standing at the top and she was feeding the feeding the sharks. So she saw them coming, she saw them jumping out of the water. And so she wouldn't get in the shark cage after that because we didn't see that part of it. They were just swimming around us and they weren't like great whites or anything. They were, um, I think they were lemon sharks or something, but it was still, it was fascinating. There was probably 20 of them swimming around us. My son, my sons being my sons, they were like trying to stick their hand out there and touch them and stuff. <laughs> it was fascinating and it was a lot of fun. And I just like to do different kinds of things. So those are some of the things that we've done.
0: So you're very adventurous, aren't you? Quite adventurous. So are those experiences any of, in any of your books about the sharks or?
1: Oh, yes. The sharks and every, I actually have a friend who lives in Kona his wife grew up in Kona. And so I spent a lot of time um, when I first got divorced flying over there and staying with them. So I've actually written two books about them and Kona, Hawaii. And the first one he's in it, and it's called Queen Bernita visits the islands of enchantment. And he is Jeff, the sea captain, and she's enchantress Carrie. And oh. so it's all about the things that we did when we were there. We actually went out to like this field. And there was like this hole in the ground and we actually hiked down down a lava tube all the way down the lava tube and went swimming at the bottom of it and at that time to swim it must have been really warm um the water actually was cold because it was at the bottom of it oh yeah um but you know it i have pictures of that on my way in fact it just came up and i just posted it on my facebook with my family at the bottom of this lava tube so that's in there and they have a little place there where they actually raise seahorses. And you can go there and learn about the seahorses and then you can go and you put your finger in a tank and the little seahorse wraps their tail around your finger. And it's fascinating. You get to feed them the little brine. And so I've been there probably three or four times and that's in my book. And now they also have a place where they're raising octopus. So you can go see all the, the baby octopus and go and you can put your hand in the tank and they wrap their tentacles around you. And we were there a couple of years ago when my conquering it's called Queen Fernita conquers the volcanic islands and we went there and my grandson was there and it squirted him full of water. It was, he didn't like it very much, but it was really funny, but it was it's just really fascinating. Yeah. And how lovely that you're
0: getting to real hands-on research for all your books. That's just amazing, isn't it? So let's oh, yes. go back then Dawn. So when did you first start writing? So you've written 14 books or
1: almost 14 books. When did you actually first put pen to paper? My first book was published in 2008. So when I started it, I had a goal that I was going to publish one book a year. And then um, some things happened and I didn't I kind of got behind a little bit because I'm always traveling so I have lots to write about so over the pandemic that's one thing I did is I start trying to catch up so I've published five books um, over the last uh, about year and a half I believe it is
0: wow and is it
1: self-published or do you have a publisher a I started some I started as a self-published author um, because I didn't even try to do it traditionally I wasn't really focusing on being an author. I didn't really think about being an author. I was just wanted to publish this book. And so now I've been picked up by a hybrid publisher and um, they do a lot of promotion for me and they publish my books.
0: Dawn, we're just going to take a short break and we'll we'll be back in a few minutes time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratize genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service, which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers, and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back to the show where we're talking to author Dawn Menge. So you're also a teacher of of special needs. So let's talk about that because how you manage to juggle everything. I just don't (laughs) know. You you must have more hours in the day than the average person, Dawn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I'm writing my books, once I've done the trip... Like the one we're working on, my illustrator is working on them and she's getting the illustrations out so fast. Um, we actually took a road trip to Wyoming and we went through Yellowstone and got to see um, Old Faithful and Buffalo and it was really neat. But then I'm writing it on a family that um, I grew up with. They were like my second family. So once I have that, usually it's the illustrations that take longer. Sometimes it takes her a year to do it some this one she's getting done really fast like in just a couple of months but they actually take my pictures from my trip and she incorporates different things that i've done on the trip and the actual people and she puts them in the illustration so they're very personal like this book is about the family and it's what they like to do and with my teaching um you know i've been doing it so long i you know i'm just kind of know what i'm doing and i have an amazing team of assistants. And I have, right now I have three other assistants. I've had them for like eight or nine years. So we're, we're great friends. We work together. And so we're, and they're actually in my books, you know, so they're actually all in my books. And so the one thing I also started doing is I started writing about when I do a lot of interviews, which is something I started doing during the pandemic is doing a lot more interviews. And I've talked to people all over the world and a lot of the other countries are interested in what we're doing with our students here. And so I explained that we have federal mandates to transition them into the community, into the work sites. And so I did an interview with somebody, her name was Eleanor Ward, and she had a magazine. It's called Prosperity Magazine. And I wrote an article about my students and our workability. And so this this is a picture of my student is actually putting the tags on ski hats. And so we're out in the community and he's working. So what they do is they give us a movie card every month. So with the movie card, then we ride, we ride the community bus. So we teach them how to ride the bus, how to sit nicely, how to pay for it. We go to the movies, they learn how to buy their own things, their lunches. And of course it's a treat for them to you know, go do this. And so I've done a lot of kind of educational interviews about our students and what we're doing what age group are they? Uh, Right now my students are 12 to 22 because our students stay until their 22nd birthday. And then they transition out to um, wherever their family would like them. We have a lot of day programs and it dependent on their abilities. um, They do different things. They do social activities or they actually work in the community, the higher ones get to work, you know, in some places we have like a warehouse where they're all working and they're assembling things and it's a a full day and they're getting paid and they have to show up, you know, just like a job with everybody else, they have to show up, they have to do their work. And then other programs, they have a lot of stuff inside the program itself, like gardening and art classes and photography classes, and they teach them life skills and so it dependent on the level of the child is what they're doing but that's a lot of things that we do as the transitioning is we teach them how to ride the city bus how to be as independent as they can um you know how to how to maneuver themselves in the community and so we, we get them ready for the world do you think you've inspired any of your students to write or maybe if you thought about writing a book with your students now, my students are severely um, handicapped, so right. they're not able to do that. And right. um, they, we don't really talk about the books to my students. What I do is I write about my students. So I've included my students in my book. So like a child will be reading a, The Conqueror's uh, Volcanic Islands. And I have a student that has autism. And he was my actual student. And his dad is in the book. And they're at the Volcanic National Park. And he was nonverbal, so he had a communication device. And the communication device, he's using it to talk to the queen. So what he's doing is explaining, his dad is explaining why he's using it, why she needs to address the the communication device to talk to him. And then I have another little girl and she has Rett syndrome. And so we talk about that and what exactly it is. And her mom has actually been on an interview with me to discuss um, her child's disability because she was born healthy. And then, so this has been a progression for them. And she talks about what it's like, what her life is like. And so there's a little more understanding of the, the disability and the impact it has on yeah. you know, the around. family. Yeah. So just moving on slightly, let's talk about your screenplays. Exciting. <laughs> yes. This is something new, tell us all about it. Uh, well, my publisher said that he has someone at Netflix that was interested in looking at my series. So something I did about a year ago is I started um, entering film festivals. I saw, I saw the advertisement for Conquering Disabilities, and I said, well, I've never done that. You know, but I had books at that time, only books. And I said, well, can I enter my books? And she said, sure. So I entered my books, and I actually, we went in July to the film festival in Vegas. And we, I won the Special Recognition Champion Award from Conquering Disabilities with film. That's the first time I've actually been somewhere where I actually got the award in person. So it was really exciting. And they actually played my book trailers on the big screen. So that was thrilling right there. I bet. Yeah. So, so then my publisher said that there was someone at Netflix that was interested in my series, but I needed screenplays. So we had two of my books made into screenplays. I have one based on astronomy that I wrote with my little brother, who's an astronomer at JPL here, Jet Propulsion Laboratory and that has disabilities in it too, and then I turned, I just uh, published this one, We Go Camping at the beach, it's in the central California, so I wrote the book on our camping trip, so it has kite flying and fishing, it has raccoons and body surfing, so I made this into one of the screenplays too, so oh, that going we to be just finished.
0: Netflix in the future then Dawn.
1: Well, I hope so, I'm not like, you know, like putting everything into that and thinking that's going to happen. So if it happens, it'd be wonderful. Of course, very exciting. But now I'm taking the screenplays and my publisher and I are both entering them into film festivals as screenplays. How
0: exciting. Gosh, is there anything you haven't done? I are mean, not even <laughs> at the end of the first month of January of 2022. OK, so just for fun, let's ask you some fun questions so that our listeners can get to know you better. So I have what we call, um, it's all in the letter. So I'm going to spell your name out, Dawn menge, and I'm going to pick a question and fire away. So are you ready? Okay. Okay. The first one is D. So where are we? D, D, D. Okay. What's your favorite food?
1: Um, my favorite food? Oh my gosh. It actually, it changes. You know, I like tacos and then I get tired of tacos and then I like pizza. <laughs>
0: not a bad choice not a bad choice okay so under a we have I think you've answered this already favorite holiday destination Hawaii I haven't
1: um I don't think I've been to Hawaii for a holiday though um I think my favorite one was when we went um to the Grand Canyon and the Polar Express it's I not think that somewhere was...
0: I've been, I'd like to go, my parents have been, um, oh. uh, they're, much, you know, they're in their 80s now, but they're very well travelled, and um, yeah, so I'm really desperate to go, I'd love to go. Okay, this is a good question for you, when you put your cups away in the cupboard, do you put them right side up or upside down? Upside down. Do you
1: really? Why? Yeah, so the water will drain off from the dishwasher or something. Why do people do that? And that, and nothing can get you know if you happen to have a spider or something, it can't ah. get in the cup. <laughs> okay, fair play, fair play. Do you get many spiders where you are? Um, yes, we have spiders. <laughs> we have things. Well, it's not like Australia though,
0: is it, where you have deadly
1: spiders? Uh, well, we have black widows, but I don't, I haven't seen any here. But that's only the only one we have. Uh, we have bears. And we have mountain lions. Oh, they're only bears.
0: And- <laughs> they can't do any harm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my mom has a my mom has a bear that comes into her front yard, and they they named him Cinnamon. <laughs> oh, so obviously they
0: cook, they can kill.
1: So how yes. does she does she stay indoors or is she get is this bear
0: getting is well
1: confident with it now or does she spray it? That's, I don't know if you could spread the first time they saw it they had just pulled up so they were still in the car and the bear was in the front yard and so the bear tried to go like beside the house but there's fences in the back so they couldn't go anywhere and I guess he was he's so big and round that he couldn't he had to sit down and like turn around on his bottom to turn around to go back out and so they stayed in the car until he you know he'd gone away but the they have some dogs and the dogs like won't go outside at night but well, is there not,
0: um, I mean, obviously I've seen just various films and they have this bear spray or this spray that's supposed to frighten them off. Is that a real thing? Does it work? You know what? Does I don't one know. Have one? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should look into that. Okay, I've got an interesting one for you. And this could be something due to kind of our, our generation, really. Do you prefer to text somebody or to call them?
1: You know... Texting, of course, is, is easier because you can do it while you're doing a lot of other things. Yeah. But I have noticed that we're losing a lot of the actual communication. And it can be wrong, and, so wrong
0: can't they, text messages?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you could text someone and they take it totally different than what you're actually. How you meant it, I know. Yeah. And so, you know, your voice really does, you know, 80, what, 80% of your communication is your tone. Yeah. You know, or how you say it, you know, and. But, you know, it is easier to to text because you can do that and do lots of other things. So
0: Dawn, for our listeners, can you offer any tips to any budding authors that want
1: to be where you are and want to write children's books? What would you advise? The first one is you need to do it. I mean, a lot of people write, write articles, they write books and they just never they never get out there. It's hard. It's scary. But you know what? You need to do it. And also the one thing that I did that I think was the best thing I actually did was I joined a lot of professional organizations. Um, once I started becoming uh, more professional about it and deciding that this was, this was going to be something I needed to you know, kind of protect. So I joined the Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators, and that's um, a worldwide organization. And I went to a lot of their conferences at first and their workshops, and I met the neatest people. I got a lot of inspiration from them, a lot of advice. You just really need to get out there, and and it's hard. Like, I didn't even think about doing that. What I did when I first started is I went to libraries. I'd call it, it was a lot easier back then, but I would call the library, and during their summer reading program, I'd say, well, can I come do reading time, you know, story time? And so I think I was at like 13, 14 libraries over the summer. Oh, Dawn, it's been great talking to you today. So, for our listeners, if they have any
0: questions
1: or want to buy any of your books, how can they get in touch with you? I have a website, Dr. Don Menge. My publisher is Rushmore Press. My books are all on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, any any online retailer um, has them now. And you can always uh, contact me on. I have Facebook, Don Menge One. I have Instagram, Don Menge, and Twitter, Queen Vernita. And you can always contact me if you're not sure what grade level or interest the child has, um, because my books go from pre-K to over sixth grade. So then you can contact me and ask me which one would be appropriate for the person, the child you want to buy the book for.
0: Wonderful. Well, I wish you all the best with your latest two books and, of course, all your books, your screenplays as well. I'm going to be looking out for you on Netflix and I'm sure we'll (laughs) speak again in the future.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to Authors and More, all your writing needs under one roof. If you have any questions, then visit my website at karenkellypodcast.co.uk or send me an email at talk at Authors and More is part of the Appetite for Life podcast series sponsored by Everything Genetic Limited.